Hi everybody, my name is Sean and um, along with Ruth we are the location pastors at it North and we do, have, we do have a few rules at North. Firstly, we have positive reinforcement and encouragement for the speaker, so thank you. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, it's also, we feel like we're speaking at home right here in City as well, which we've been part of this church for many, many years, and it's a privilege to actually serve out at North, and we've got some wonderful Northies um, supporting us here tonight as well. Um, and also, there was just a brief reminder, I've got to be careful what I say during the week because, you know, the more you advertise, the more people will come. So we've got, like, uh, friends here now, we've got work colleagues here, and I've got to be very careful what I say tonight because it'll bite – no, it won't bite me, but it'll come back tomorrow. Cool. Anyway, have we got a PowerPoint? We do. Beautiful. So tonight's message, we're obviously going through a series called Overcomers or Overcomers. And Ruth and I, actually, more Ruth, she said, we're going to be talking about overcoming the words and the lies. I'm like, yes, dear, as a good husband does, right? Yes, amen, Sean says over there. (laughs) So tonight we're talking about overcoming. And, you know, Ruth and I both have very various backgrounds. We grew up very differently. And we both had our our battles. Mine was more external battles and Ruth was more internal. And that's what we're going to share a little bit about uh, tonight, not this morning. But first I want to share a little story with you. Once upon a time, if we can have slide number two, there were a group of little froggies hopping along and traveling through the woods when all of a sudden two of the frogs fell into a very deep pit. All the frogs gathered around the pit and started shouting to the other frogs um, that it's useless, don't try jumping out because it's too deep, you won't get out. Initially, the frogs ignored all the comments and they tried to jump out of the pit with all their strength. All the time, the other frogs yelling at them to stop as it was just no use. After trying many times and not being able to succeed, one of the frogs stopped trying, and he began to listen to the negative responses from the other frogs, and he decided to give up, lay down, and just die. After seeing his friend, the other frog continued to try harder and harder, and he finally made it out of the pit. When he got out of the pit, the other frog said to him, Did you not hear what we were saying to you? The frog who got out explained to them that he was partially deaf and thought that they were yelling at him and encouraging him to get out of the pit. So the moral of the story is be careful in what you say. The power of words go a long way. An encouraging word to someone who is down can lift them up and it can make them go through a rough day. Destructive words to someone who is not feeling right can kill them. So be careful before you speak. Be careful before you speak. As Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says, From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And out of Ephesians 4, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up in accordance to their needs, that it may benefit those who may listen. And that's what tonight's about. It's about the power of words and the power of lies and those spoken to us from the outside and also the ones that we might hear on the inside. See, the power of words is quite extraordinary if you think about it. Words are like a force that can shape and transform not only the world around us, but also who we are, and they can transform ourselves. Words possess the ability to inspire, to motivate, to uplift individuals. Words can spark revolutions. They can change lives. 
They can prof- convey profound emotions. They can also bridge divides and forge connections between people from different walks of life. Words have the power to heal, to ignite hope in some of the darkest times. But conversely, words can also be used as weapons. They can cause harm. They can spread hatred. They can incite violence. The impact of words should never be underestimated because they can hold the potential to create lasting change, both here, now, for better or for worse. And it is crucial that we choose our words wisely, recognizing that their potential to shape our world and using them to foster understanding, empathy, and positive transformation. We should also be mindful of believing some of the words that get spoken to us. And that's what we're talking about. Taking these words to heart and mind can lead us down a very destructive pathway. Now, as I grew up, I wouldn't say that I had it the easiest road to travel down as a youngster, but I didn't have it all that tough either as um, many, many other people I know of have. Growing up, I grew up in South Africa. You'll hear my accent go like this because I also grew up in Australia. But, you know, when I grew up in South Africa, you have two choices to make, and the Saffirs will know. You either listen to the cuck that gets spoken to you and let it affect you, or you just ignore it and get on, (laughs) right? Ruth and I both had very different upbringings. We both do come from very loving and supportive families. However, there was nothing a loving and supportive family could do to silence the lies and the words spoken to a young boy growing up in those days. From teachers and peers telling you how worthless you are and how useless you are, that you're not liked and that you'll never amount to anything in life can have many harmful effects on someone, especially young people. Some words did. I didn't necessarily excel at school when I was little or growing up because I believed in those lies. I believed and I often found myself doing silly, stupid, dumb things that tried to impress other people because I wanted to fit in. There are a lot of memories that I've intentionally blocked out of my mind. They're probably back here somewhere, and the psychologists in the room, no, you will not unlock them. They're down there somewhere. (laughs) But I've blocked them out because, you know, those harsh things that I faced or that I've experienced, I blocked those because the reason for this is that I didn't let those things affect the person who I was and what I believed who I was. And that was because I believed I was a son of God, and that came from a young age. So we all have various gifts and we all have various talents and God blesses us with all different things. I'm not blessed with any of this at the background, although I did in my jeans um, shoes tonight, gangster, gangster shoes. And I'm believing God's going to bless me one day to learn how to play guitar, but hey, that's going to come. But no, we're all blessed with different things. But what I'm extremely grateful for is that God has blessed me with some strong spirit and sense of resilience. Don't know where it came from. Not from my family, but he's blessed me with it. And whilst I was writing my message for tonight, you know, thinking back and reflecting over all the different journeys and all the things that you face, you know, I could see the resilience of God and what he blessed me with shining through each and every circumstance. The various eternal words, or external words, should I say, that kept being spoken over me, I just resiliently pushed through, you know. Throughout my journey, or our journey in life, should we say, we always will encounter individuals, we'll always encounter people who will speak words that may undermine us, they may belittle us, and they're going to discourage us. 
these external influences can sometimes take our confidence away. They can shake it. They can sow doubts into us, into our abilities. And they can even make us question our own self-worth. But let's be honest, these words are destructive. And in a world whereby words are being used for all sorts of evil atrocities, we need to learn how to protect ourselves, protect our hearts and our minds, and not listen to the lies that people are trying to speak over us and speak into us. You only need to look at our own nation. You know, New Zealand has the highest youth suicide rate in the whole world. It it saddens me when I talk about this. And I believe it's because of the words and the lies that our young people are listening to. And these, I was going to hold up my mobile phone, so pretend it's here in my hand. And these horrible things, which we call phones, these devices, which, you know, they were designed for good, but somehow we've made them evil, right? It's not the phone, but it's the power of what it has been used for. You know, phones don't kill people. This is not America. Phones don't kill people. People do. Um, The words which our young people are listening to and the lies both externally and internally are so easy to come by because they're in their face constantly, and we've got to protect them from that. You know, I'm not surprised that we've got such unprecedented mental health issues happening out here. They're believing the lies, and I don't know if we're doing enough to equip them by building up their resilience, their resilience in this own identity and their resilience in God, you know, and how we can counteract that with real truth. See, when I was a 14-year-old, I had a math and an accounting teacher who told me that I would never amount to anything, that I was an utterly useless person. And as I was being berated by this lady, I'll be nice about it, and the tears welling up in my eyes, Something inside me just stirred. I I still vividly remember it. It just stirred, and I just felt this real inner strength come out of me. And I leaped up, and I shouted to the lies. Now, I wasn't being a typical rude teenager, and, you know, those that grew up in South Africa, where I grew up, and when you were that young, you don't talk back to teachers because, you know, the consequences are just not worth it. Not at all. But in this moment, I told her in a not very polite way, to be quiet, and that I'm going to show her. I'm going to show you. And so she scoffed at me, and she laughed at me, and then she sent me on my way to the principal where, yeah, it wasn't a nice stern talking to, but there was a few sore bums afterwards after that. But anyway, that moment never left me. I silenced the lies. I chose not to believe them, and it spurred me on. It just spurred me. My grades did get better. And then when I moved to Australia, I was blessed to attend a small Christian school where there was positive encouragement and reinforcement which guided me further. I went on to study business management, and eventually I did a master's degree in finance and (laughs) and management. Needless to say, there's still a little piece of me that would love to show her. But there's a big but here in my words. But the humility that God grants us also is to say it was not for her benefit that I ignored the lies and I overcame. It wasn't for her benefit that I overcame. It was for my benefit. It had nothing to do with her. I hated going to school. I hated it. With I, People ask me, how was school? I don't even remember most of my school days because I hated it so much. Because school for me was a nightmare. You know, you never knew which bully was going to pick a fight with you that day. You never knew which teacher was going to make you their target and just destroy your day. 
Needless to say, bullying both in the physical form and the verbal form was very prevalent in my life. When I moved to Australia, it didn't actually make things any easier. As a young fellow moving over there to Rednick, I won't say Rednick, Queensland, because not all of it is. But, you know, my first day of school was met by four guys deciding that they wanted to match up against me. Why not? Um, declaring that I was a racist, white South African. Why? Because they just finished reading The Power of One. If anybody's read that book or watched the movie, yeah, well, anyway, he's this guy. This, he must be him. So once they've read it, they figured that all South Africans were this way. And so they took it upon themselves to teach me a lesson and to not be that way anymore. Again, the resilience that I'd built up over many years uh, over in the other country allowed me to stand up to these bullies. And as mentioned earlier, not to believe in the cuck. Sorry to the words out there. These are just a couple of the many, uh, and you know, I, did, I stood up to them. And these are just a couple of the many people who just tried to speak lies into my life. And to this day, I'm forever grateful to God for protecting me, my mind, and for helping me to overcome some of those external voices. It wasn't always easy. And you know, you have to work hard. And I had to work hard at it. I had to reach in and I had to believe that I was stronger than just words. I'm also thankful to my parents and my grandparents, you know, who also helped me to build this resilience as well. Because they spoke truth into my life. And they encouraged me to listen to them and not to the lies. They encouraged me to listen to the positive things. Each one of us has that ability. Each one of us has the power within us to rise above the negativity and the destructive words of outside influence. And how do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us so. My little daughter sings that song now, actually. Jesus loves me, yes, I know. Because the Bible tells me so. So, you know, the Bible tells us so. Well, God also helps and teaches us too. But, you know, we have a choice to make. We can either listen and believe in the eternal words of God, or we can listen to the words of man. You know, how many of us truly believe in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So trust in God, not in people. See, life is filled with trials, it is filled with tribulation, and it is filled with obstacles that, do test, that will test our faith. Jesus never called it an easy road, and resilience is what we need to stand up with. However, as children of God, we are called to rise above these challenges, and we are called to emerge victoriously. For those of us here, you know, find yourself a few people who speak truth in your life. Bring encouragement and speak wisdom into the decisions that you're making. One such person in my life is a beautiful lady sitting in the front row. Oh, there's actually three of you, four of you. <laughs> okay, the, the blonde one, the blonde one. <laughs> and she has overcome a different battle in hers. So I'm going to invite Ruth to come and share her story. Nice transition there, love. <laughs> and I'm claiming that. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Bear with me as I've <clears throat> been sick this week. Anyway, some of you will be able to relate to what Sean was speaking about and that you've had um, negative words or lies spoken over you during your lifetime. And um, perhaps they've crippled you, perhaps they've flattened you at times, or maybe like Sean, you've just had to fight harder than normal. And um, we're not meant to walk this life crippled, right? 
we, we know that there are trials, we know that there is suffering, we know that there's pain, but we're not meant to carry these extra chains, chains on our legs that um, other people put on us. And so at the end of the service, we'd love to pray for you if you have had words spoken over you um, that have crippled you or you've had to fight against. So as Sean said, my life has been different to his. My upbringing has been very different. And my story is not about overcoming the lies from the external, but rather from the internal. Um, Growing up, I had, right from birth, I had encouraging, life-giving words spoken over me. And um, even in my Bible at home, I still have words of encouragement and prophecies that I've received from my childhood through my teenage years and into my adult life. My story is that I've had a very stable and healthy family life. I'm the youngest of four children, and uh, my dad's a senior minister. Um, So we grew up in the church. We we come from generations of pastors and missionaries and generations that have prayed for the generations to come. Um, And I, I don't say that to say that our life was perfect by any stretch of the mind, but we had a good upbringing. And um, church was an extension of our home quite literally, actually, because we grew up in the church home. So church was right there. And um, we, we would spend hours during the week at church. And then on Sunday mornings, my dad was there prepping and praying. And I'd be there um, going along the rows of the um, church and bookmarking every Bible to the, the book of Ruth. <laughs> so that everyone knew what the best book of the Bible was. <laughs> Probably didn't take too long for people to cotton on who was doing it, right? (laughs) Um, So anyway, life was far from perfect, but we had lots of opportunities. I had opportunities to to learn to dance, whatever I was passionate about, piano, everything. At one point, I think I even asked mum and dad to learn the clarinet and the drums, but that didn't last too long. Um, But I grew up feeling seen. I grew up feeling heard. I um, grew up feeling known. My family, we grew up in the Mount it wasn't what it is today. Um, it was a bit smaller, but our family was known. I was known. And going through primary school, even at, um, I think I was year five or year six, and one of the girls in my year group, she cottoned on to the fact that my dad was a minister. And she made the assumption that he was the prime minister. <laughs> and who was I to correct her, right? <laughs> so for a good few weeks while that rumor worked itself out, my friends and I, we owned that playground at Mount Primary. Um, it, we felt seen in that place as well. So again, my, my story is not that I haven't had, um, that I've had negative words or lies spoken over me. Mine's more of an internal. When I finished year 13, I moved to Auckland and um, things carried on well for a, for a season and um, it then started to unravel a little bit. I was now in this bigger city um, where I wasn't known and I didn't felt seen and I didn't have that constant encouragement that I had received my whole life. And of course, I met people who had lived very different lives to me and I met people who saw the world different to how I saw the world and they had been through things that I didn't even, I had no idea about. So I was confronted with a lot of things and I began to question I began to question who I was. I began to question why I had the upbringing that I had. I began to question a lot of things. And questioning in itself is not bad. Questioning, I'm a teacher. I love questioning. Questioning is great. 
because questioning makes it more personal for yourself and it makes you deeper in your understanding and your knowledge. Questioning your faith is a good thing because it can take you deeper into your understanding and knowledge of who God is. But you need to be surrounded in truth. You need to be surrounded in truth when you are questioning. You need to make sure that you are in youth group and connect groups, that you have those two or three people that can speak truth into your life, that you're in the word when you're questioning so that you can draw out the truth. I didn't do that. (laughs) I questioned over a long extended period of time and And I did this alone and in isolation. No one knew that I was questioning the things that I was. And if we can go to the... Oh, yep, you've got the next slide up. You're amazing, Debs. (laughs) I started with questions. Those questions, because I was not surrounding myself in truth, led to doubts. I doubted myself. I doubted my self-worth. I doubted who I was. I doubted my value. I doubted my significance. I doubted my purpose. Questions led to doubts. Those doubts then led to lies. Lies that I told myself that I am worthless, that I am useless, that I am a fraud, that I am nothing, that I'm, I'm worthless. And those lies then became my reality. That's what I played over and over in my mind. That was my soundtrack. That was, that was what I was living and what I was breathing. No one else knew around me, but I knew that those were the lies, that was my reality, and that therefore leads to truth. New truth, warped truth, wrong truth, misguided truth, but it was new truth to me. And so this became my unraveling, this became my undoing. I lost all confidence in who I was and um, lost all confidence in, in what I could do. And I'm not going to go into all of that tonight. But um, one example that I lost all confidence in myself was I was in a lecture theatre and um, the lecturer said, right, it's now time to take notes. So I opened my pencil case. There were laptops in that time, might I add. I just am very much a pencil pen highlight type person. I opened my pencil case and I couldn't even choose a pen. I couldn't even choose a pen to use because I was, I don't know, maybe I was fearful I'd choose the wrong pen. It it sounds crazy, but I couldn't even choose a pen out of my pencil case. So I left that lecture theatre a mess and I went home to my hostel and I cried and I cried and I cried and I booked myself a ticket to Scotland. (laughs) Because (laughs) where else do you go to run away? (laughs) It was... It was November, I booked my ticket for December, forgetting that that's the middle of winter over in Scotland. (laughs) I went to Scotland in the middle of winter, and at one particular time I was staying in this little village called Dunbar outside of Edinburgh, and I went for a walk through the forest by myself, which was probably not a wise thing to do either as a 19-year-old, and I was a mess. I was crying physically in pain because I kept slipping over on all the ice. I was emotionally in pain that the tears would freeze on my face. And at one point I had slipped over one too many times that I stayed down and I cried out to God. I cried out to God and I said a lot of things to God. (laughs) But the gist of it was, 
Who am I? Who am I? And what is my purpose? Who am I? Now, there have been many moments in my life where I've heard God speak to me. Um, And for me, it's not this audible voice. It's the sweet, gentle whisper. And it feels like peace and it feels like hope. And it's words that are not of my own. Um, And I felt that then. And can I tell you, the more that you um, are in tune with that voice, the more that you obey that voice, the more you'll hear that voice as well. I heard his voice as I cried out, who am I? And he said to me, Ruth, you are my beloved daughter. Be confident in who you are, not because of who you are, but because of who I am. You are my beloved daughter. Be confident in who you are, not because of who you are, but because of who I am. He started by telling me who I am. I am his. You are my beloved daughter. You are not your father's daughter. You are not your brother's sister. You are not your last name. You are mine. You are my beloved daughter. Be confident, not because of who you are, not because of your upbringing, not because of your achievements and your successes or your failures or your faults or what grades you got or the positions you've held at school. Don't be confident in that because that can be taken and that can be shaken, right? Be confident not in that, but be confident in who I am. Place your confidence in me. Draw near to me. Know me. Love me. Let me embrace you. Jeremiah 17.7 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. At that point, truth was spoken from whom I needed to hear it from. Truth was spoken. Now, I'd love to say, (laughs) I'd love to say that I came back to New Zealand and all was well (laughs) um, after having that revelation, but it wasn't. I came back to New Zealand and I had a fight on my hands now. I had to battle and I battled for a good few years, probably five years, I battled. I battled my truth, my lies, my doubt versus his truth. And it was a battle. It was a battle in the flesh. It was a battle in the flesh, but it was also a spiritual battle. Because the reality is, we are flesh living in a fallen world. So yes, I overcame, but I am still overcoming. We will always be overcoming. We will always face trials and we will always face pain and we will always face suffering and we will always need to be overcoming until we reach that line of eternity where we cross over and we enter the arms of Jesus. So if the band want to come now, I just want to finish with three quick things about how we can overcome life in relation to lies and words from within. The first thing we need to do is we need to make sure we are immersing ourselves in truth. Sean spoke about that. I touched on it earlier. We need to choose a few people who we are accountable to. You don't need a whole crowd. You don't need everyone's truth coming into you. You just need a couple of people 
who you can be accountable to, who you can go to them and say, look, I'm really wrestling with this. I'm questioning this. I'm struggling with this. And you can seek wise counsel. You need to be in youth group. You need to be in connect groups. You need to be in church. You need to be in the word. You need to be immersed in truth. You need to, secondly, you need to know God. (laughs) You need to know God. You need to know God. You need to know him. Get in the word, understand who he is. Spend time in worship, spend time in solitude. I don't think we give enough time for solitude. We need to spend time in solitude where Jesus can renew and transform our mind. And the third thing is we need to draw near to him. Knowing God, more of that mind knowledge, but knowing God, drawing near to him, experiencing him. The Northeast here will tell you that this is my little hobby horse at the moment about drawing near to God. We need to draw near to him. We need to experience God. We need to encounter God. There is so much pain and there is so much suffering and there is so much helplessness. We need to be in the arms of Jesus. We need to be held by Him. We need to be embraced by Him. We need to draw near to Him and He will draw near to us. We need to be in His arms where His tears and His blood wash over us. And can I tell you that there is such a sweet exchange that happens when we do that. There is such a sweet exchange that happens in that moment because as we come to Him, our tears bring grief, our tears bring sorrow, our tears bring shame, our tears bring um, suffering, all those sorts of things. But His tears, His tears are living water and they bring hope and they bring healing and they bring restoration and they bring life. So tonight, Sean and I, we stand for truth. This church, we stand for truth. Pastors Alan and Eleanor, they stand for truth. We stand for truth over lies. And so we want to invite anyone who would like to receive prayer. Three groups, really. One, if like Sean, you've had those words spoken over you that have caused hurt, that have caused pain, that you've had to fight, potentially crippled you and just need to break free from that, we'd love to pray for you. If like me, it's actually more of the internal stuff that you're struggling with, it's the internal lies, it's the internal soundtrack that you have running through your mind, we'd love to pray for you. If you just don't know what truth is anymore. And then the third group is if you're just suffering, you're in pain. I really have it on my heart right now for the people who are just in pain, hurting, draw near to God. Draw near to Him. And I know that God can meet you anywhere. Heck, He met me in the middle of Scotland in a forest. (laughs) He can meet you where you are, yes. But in stepping forward and stepping out, you're saying, God, I'm choosing to draw near to you. I'm choosing tonight that I'm putting an end to the rest of these lies. I'm putting them to bed and I'm wanting healing from all of that. So why don't we stand together? And even now, if that's been on your heart, something Sean said, something I've said, that God has been speaking, 
just start coming forward now because we've got people up here who would love to pray with you, for you, over you. We need to protect ourselves. We are in a battleground. This is a, a, a battle in the flesh, but it's a battle in the spirit as well. We don't need those limitations. We don't need those chains holding us back any longer. We need to be free. So if you've had words spoken over you, if you're fighting those internal lies, or if there is just real pain right now, internal pain and suffering, come forward. We'd love to pray with you.